This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Hennessy Great, yep. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM, WHCR, the voice of Harlem. I love that song, but you know what I realized? I need something with, with a little bit more aggression in it coming into the morning because I'm way too calm. Hold on, that wasn't aggressive enough for you? That wasn't aggressive Stop, enough for you. I need Stanley. somebody going, bow. At the beginning of a song. If I don't have that, then I can't enjoy it. But anyways, folks, my name is Stanley Fritz. I'm back for another action-packed week of Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHC, all the voice of Harlem. But if you miss me during the week, you can, you can talk to me on the social medias. On Instagram, I am Stan Fritz. On Twitter, I am Stan Fritz. On Snapchat, I am Dark Skin Swindle. And I am only there to look at Stephanie Santiago's snaps. And other than that, I'm not really there. Good morning, guys, and welcome to Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. I, I didn't say good enough, Ma. Oh, look, I'm sorry. Um, Yeah, so I'm Selena Hill, a.k.a. Miss Selena Hill on Twitter and Facebook, and I spell Miss with an M-S, so please follow me there. And, of course, Let Your Voice Be Heard. This is the show where we talk culture politics and social justice from our very diverse perspectives and i'm super happy to be here good morning good morning uh good morning. my name is Alyssa fuchs i am your political and legal correspondent so of course you know talk legal to me um and you can find me on facebook at facebook.com slash Alyssa fuchs that's Alyssa with an i i l y s s a f u c h s if you nasty um and you can also follow me on twitter also at Alyssa fuchs or on instagram Alyssa.fuchs. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'm doing really good today. Um, good morning. How's everybody's weekend? You know what? It's been, a, it's a really nice spring day in New York City. I just want to acknowledge that because normally we don't have, like, spring weather. It's either post-winter and super cold and snowing or, or really hot and humid. Which Selena loves. It's and like I, the depths of, of hell. Yeah. <laughs> I guess. Um, yeah, so happy spring, right? Yes, it's a nice day. We have a great show lined up today. We're going to be talking about when they see us. Um, the miniseries by Ava DuVernay and how impactful it was and just retelling the stories of the Central Park Five, now the Exonerated Five. We covered that in depth back in 2014 when they first received their settlement. settlement. But now everyone is talking about this case again um, because of when they see us. And I'm going to tell you guys, I saw the, I saw the miniseries. It was painful. Um, so we're going to talk about that. And, of course, everything else that's going on in the news. And we want you to let your voice be heard. So leave us comments on Facebook Live. Shout out to those watching via Instagram Live. You can leave us comments there as well. Uh, Twitter, be heard underscore radio. Or you can even call us up. The phone number is 212-650-6903. And don't forget, if you yes. love this show, what are you supposed to do? Donate. Or you can stop listening. Um, true, but <laughs> if you want to donate, you can go to patreon.com slash be heard, and we will definitely get a link out to that in the comments of for those of you watching the live stream. Yes. So again, guys, this is Let Your Voice Be Heard. We're taking a quick break. We're going to kick things off talking about some of the news stories of the week that made us laugh, cry, or get banned from Facebook. I have not been banned in like three weeks. Good for you. In like three weeks? Yeah, good for you. Good. That's good. Um, and then we're going to get in depth about when they see us, the Central Park <sighs> 5 case, oh, guys. All right. So stay tuned. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. It is my phone. 
Where is my phone? We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem. If you are judging me for enjoying this EDM classic, heads will roll. You are trash. But my name is Stanley Fitz. I'm here with Selena Hill. And, of course, Alyssa Fuchs. And Selena got the Good fresh morning. kicks on today. What are those, Selena? Rebox. Oh. I really like <laughs> Rebox. Yeah, but why are you sighing? Are you kidding me? Beyonce doesn't support Rebox because they don't hire black people. You going against Beyonce? Oh, I can't. First of all, they do. They actually did a great partnership with Kirby Raymond. He's the um, founder of Pierre Moss, the label. Mm. And not only is he a black fashion designer, mm-hmm. but he's all about social justice. Then why did Beyonce say no to Reebok? I don't Reebok? know. Mm. Yo, speaking of Beyonce. The money probably? Did you see that video of Beyonce like shoulder button the girl at the basketball game? She, she, did, was she talking- did not shoulder butt her at all. <laughs> she no, rolled yes, her. Eyes. She did roll her eyes. She was like, why are you face. talking to my man? She, 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 maybe she rolled her eyes. She didn't shoulder butt anyone. Becky with the with the unwashed feet just <laughs> felt threatened because the beehive went and threatened her on social media. So I guess she had a reason to be threatened. Do you guys think the beehive takes it a little too far sometimes? Yes. Why are you telling someone to kill themselves because <laughs> they were having a conversation with somebody else? But I, it looked like Beyonce was extremely uncomfortable and did not want or like her. Um, Who was ever comfortable when two people are talking across them? <laughs> we, we are all Beyonce in that moment, but that doesn't mean that the woman needs to die. Selena, did, did you? Who said she needs to die? The I Beehive. Mean, they were t- oh. they were tweeting her to tell her to kill herself. She deleted her Facebook account. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, and she went private like on that. Instagram. Yeah, I know. That's called cyberbullying, and I don't think Beyonce would appreciate that. So yeah, I mean, the Beehive may need to calm it down a little bit. Oh, oh that's what it is. Or huh? now they're going to try to sting me. They're gonna, aren't you in the Beehive? Are they going to sting one of them? No. Selena, you're definitely Somebody called Jackie. Jackie's in the Beehive, isn't I'm a, she? I'm, in a, I'm a fan, but She's I'm an not affiliate? in the Beehive. You're an affiliate? All right, no. better remember that then. When I'm Be- not in the Beehive. When Beyonce comes through, don't forget that. When oh, like, I would die nah, if Beyonce nah, came no, through. No, no, you're not in the Beehive. You can't die now. You have to live. <laughs> you have to live, so that's what it is. I right. can't believe that actually happened. Meanwhile, the Golden State Warriors are down 3-1 to the Toronto Raptors in the NBA Finals. Whoa. And I know that means nothing to anyone in the studio except for me. Well, I kind of watched the game Friday night. Did you? And when Van you Fleet... You saw a player? No, 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 no. When Van Fleet was elbowed and like his eyes started bleeding, mm-hmm. that was tragic. He'll, <laughs> uh, he'll be okay. I was so concerned. See, but anyway, who are you cheering for in the finals? The Knicks. No, and, all right, you know what? I hate when Knicks fans say stuff like yes, that. Yes, because Kawhi Leonard might come to the Knicks, so I'm rooting for the Knicks. I need the Raptors to lose, so he's upset and comes to the Knicks. The <laughs> Knicks need Kawhi Leonard. Okay, I well, I guess there's some rationale and logic around that. There's lots of rationale and logic to that. I'm tired of losing. <laughs> we lost the we lost the Latvian unicorn, Christoph Porzingis. He's gone. Poor Zingod. He's a maverick now. What am I supposed to do? We need Kawhi. Kawhi needs to lose in the finals. No, no, no. You lost me already. I watch hockey. Oh, <laughs> but you know what? Your dedication is commendable. Like, Knicks fans, like, you guys go hard. Yeah, man. Listen, there's no more loyal fan than a Knicks fan. We're here to stay. We want to see our team win. We go to all the games. Actually, I don't because I can't afford Knicks tickets, but I watch it on MSG when I'm at home and I'm not working, but I'm usually working late, so I have to watch the highlights on ESPN when I remember, and I usually forget, but I really care about the Knicks. We see that, but you know what? Speaking of <laughs> basketball games, um, Beyonce, she was there with Jay-Z, and we would be remiss to not mention that B- um, Jay-Z has become the first rapper billionaire he is also the fifth black billionaire in the country the united states at that um so reportedly reportedly that's what forbes is saying and that's pretty um noteworthy i would say yeah definitely i'm sorry no i was gonna say it's definitely noteworthy i think the more noteworthy thing is that there's not more um but you know obviously racism 
Right. And so I think part of that conversation needs to be like, how do we empower more black people to become billionaires or let, destroy capitalism? One or you, the other. Let right? me tell you why this is so amazing. <laughs> Jay-Z lost 90 bricks and recouped. This is the man we're talking about. Lost 90 bricks. You know how much 90 bricks are, is? That's a lot of money. If I lose one brick, I'm running away and they are going to find me and probably stuff me into the bottom of the ocean. Jay-Z lost 90 bricks and recouped. This is somebody who came from Marcy Projects, who came from abject poverty, who was, was for all intents and purposes, rich before he got signed to a label because that's how he was moving and is now a billionaire. So for that reason, I'm like proud and I feel good about it because Jay-Z is one of us. But then I'm upset because why should we have any billionaires in the world when there are people sleeping on the street right now? So it just seems kind of vulgar that we're celebrating somebody having more money than they'll ever need in their lifetime or even in their children's lifetime while people don't have homes. And um, as I like to say every once in a while, capitalism is vulgar. And this is a great example of that. You know what, Sally? And and that's a great point. Um, I I do think that we need more people like Jay-Z to uh, if anyone's going to be a billionaire, let it be Jay-Z who actively invest in his community and uses his platform for black economic empowerment all the time. I mean, through his lyrics, through his um, philanthropic initiatives and a number of other things. But I'll say this. If we're going to attack people, why not Amazon, who made, what, 11 billion last year and paid no taxes? Like, I get it. Like the people I don't know if we should be focusing so much on the people than these large corporations and companies which continue to make egregious amounts of money um, and not pay taxes. Like, to me, that's the real tragedy here. I mean, look, I, I would agree. It, the, the fact is that what the people or companies that are destroying these pla- the planet right now are big corporations and people like Jeff Bezos. Right. And I think Jay-Z is an easy scapegoat because yes. he's black and people are like, oh, look at the black guy having success. But like, what about all the white guys that are destroying the planet and how they're having success? I mean, yeah, there's people going after them. But like, you know, Jay-Z is an easy target. But the truth is like, Jay-Z's not the problem. Yeah, and I would agree to that. Um, Before we move on, I just want to say that Amy Jones left a comment on our Facebook Live page mm-hmm. in response to Stanley. She said, there's always next year for the Knicks, Stanley. FYI. Yo, she's cyberbullying me. Do not encourage <laughs> her. Amy, the Knicks are going to win a championship, and you're going to owe me a liter of Hennessy when I start drinking again. Um, okay, but on that note, so there were some other news stories this week. I know that Carlos Maza... Um, He was also bullied, speaking of cyberbullying, by Steven Crowder on YouTube. Um, If you guys aren't familiar, Carlos is a journalist on Vox. He does this uh, viral series where he explains things really well, by the way, and he like breaks it down so you can understand complex, um, you know, ideologies and just concepts. And um, apparently Steven um, Crowder, who is conservative, he's been mocking him, but not just for being a liberal, but for being... um, like for for being LGBT, for being gay, for having a list, for for being a Latinx, like it's been horrible. So he went on Twitter and he talked about and actually YouTube. He was like, you know, um, I'm being cyber harassed. Can you do something about it? And then YouTube said, no, not because within the context, it's like political conversation. And YouTube didn't really consider it, I guess, cyber bullying thoughts. I mean, look, YouTube's always been problematic. YouTube, there's an article last last week about how um, YouTube, like, routes 
pedophiles to innocent videos of children like that mm. their parents post like Ew. playing in the backyard by using their algorithm because it's like if you watch one kind of thing and then like it will say these are suggested videos for you and most of the traffic that comes through uh, with YouTube is like the YouTube suggesting videos to other people and so they were under fire last week because of all the pedophilia or actually I shouldn't say like actual pedophilia but pedophiles who are able to use like or game the algorithm so that like if you posted your video of your daughter's dance recital like like that would come up in a pedophile's like mm. you should watch this video. Oh, what the that's so, disgusting. you know, like YouTube's got a lot of issues. They definitely need to sort out. They did announce last week that they were going to start taking down neo-Nazi videos. But, like, it's not good enough. Uh, you know, like, uh, YouTube can't be... We want to have free speech, but YouTube also can't be a platform where, like, people are allowed to engage in, like, things that cross the line between free speech and and speech that is you know not protected so to speak even if youtube isn't the federal government and you don't have like any first amendment rights as enforceable against youtube can i be problematic for a second yeah sure what's the guy's name that's getting made fun of carlos yeah you know at some point you just gotta square up with somebody (laughs) you think carlos should clap back yeah punch him in his face i bet you he won't say anything again but Listen, we don't we don't like, condone violence over oh, yeah, here. Let right, your voice right. be heard. Disclaimer. Right. Yeah, we don't. Yeah, we don't. I, we don't condone. We don't condone the violence at all. But listen, here's what I'm saying. People think they're brave because of their Wi-Fi. Pull up. <laughs> Pull up. And I bet you the energy will change real quick. You don't even have to say. You don't, you don't have to touch them. White people just like talking. The minute you press a white person. That, I, I, you know, I, I'm sorry. I just. I. I you know. I was. I. I got out of hand. People <laughs> cannot take interpersonal inter- rea- interactions. That smoke goes away real fast. Well, you know, you, not wh- for nothing, like, men can do that, too. There, there was a video a couple of years back. It was great. Unfortunately, I can't break it down explicitly on the air because, you know, inappropriate. But it's basically, like, a video where this woman's sick of getting catcalled by men. Oh, yeah, so the next that. time she gets catcalled, she literally walks up to this guy's car, opens up his passenger door, gets in the car, and she's like, show me your D. And he's like, what? And she's like, you catcalling me? Like, take it out. Show it yeah. to me. And he gets all freaked out. He's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. God, what's going on right now? Like, you know, because like. Exactly. <laughs> well, because people don't really want the smoke. But you know what? Call me Mr. Chimney. I want the smoke. No, I don't. I don't Stanley's want Stanley's here for the smoke. I don't, no, I'm not. No, I'm that not. That catcalling video, I didn't know if that was um, sort of planted or planned. It kind of looked like it was. Either way, it was a great video and it went viral. Um, that being said, um, Kliana. Blyanna. Kleanna. Who's Blyanna? I'm sorry. I was trying to put, I mispronounced her first, the last name. Bro, her name's also the C. You said Blyanna. <laughs> no, I didn't. The last name is Blyanna, Stanley. What are you t- anyway, she just left a comment on our Facebook page. Um, and she said, something I didn't realize, the century ends in six months. I mean, not the century, the decade. Yeah. Did you? Decade? I didn't realize that the decade yeah, was ending in, in like six months, like a whole you, decade. You, 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 you know how the calendar works. No, right? I know, but you <laughs> like did no, anyone? Did anyone else just not I'm come to this you. realization? But like, you know, we had like the eighties and the nineties. Were these the right. tens? Right, yeah, it was like those were the 10s oh, no. and then we're going to have the 20s. These are the teens because we went through the 10s already. You know, speaking right. of teens. Are we high? Got- <laughs> Why are we so amazed at this? Speaking of teens, I have a good story for you. So conservatives in mm-hmm. Louisiana are fighting um, for a measure that would, uh, sorry, fighting back against a measure that would set the minimum age to marry in Louisiana at 17 because they say that 15-year-olds should be able to get married in Louisiana. You know, because these what? are the people who are so-called family values types. You Yo, know, talk to your white people to listen. This is getting out <laughs> hand y'all don't wash our feet y'all want to marry children come on i'm not so with now this. they want to marry children well like, you remember so literally a year ago well it was like may 
May of 2018 where there was a guy in Virginia who was a convicted pedophile who was running for office. Oh, he still is. Uh, he still is? Yeah, I don't Congress. remember his name. I'm not even going to give his name. Like, I don't think we should give Mr. his name. Mr. Nasty. That's his name. <laughs> Ew. It's the pedophile. Nasty for nasty. And yeah. he was like running on a platform of like, yeah, you know, f- like I don't, he called it ancro libertarianism, libertarianism, where basically like the government should get out of your business, including whether you want to sleep with a 15 year old. Yeah, that's horrible. Hashtag yeah. white. And he was conservative. Dirty white men. Go talk to your cousins. <laughs> well, hold on, was that he was conservative? Yeah, he was like a v- white Christian conservative man who was really. Yeah. That's so weird. No, it's odd. weird. No, 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 no <laughs> because sarcastic? like, no, 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 I'm not because like usually Christian evangelicals are like they start the biggest to, no. hypocrites out there. Yeah. Not only that, but they try to stop like same sex marriage right, and things exactly. of that nature. So it's like, and then you know you catch them in yeah, airport bathrooms uh, bumping footsies with uh, the uh, next guy. Alyssa, go talk to your cousin. No, it's it's just weird that they would say that. The government should be involved with you in oh, You're white. They're your cousins. <laughs> no, I know. I, thought, I mean, they're just the, the, the Christian people and the even, uh, you know, the white uh, Christians. Those are not uh, my cousins. I don't know who's going to talk to them. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just saying, but no, but seriously, so they're always telling people that the government should be involved with who you want to marry, but yeah. when he wants to marry a minor, then the government sh- oh, shouldn't be involved. Well, yeah, that's, you know, cognitive dissonance, I think they call it. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, look at it like that we live. There was something else I wanted to talk to you guys about that I was very, very excited about. Is but it the fact that Paul Manafort might be in solitary confinement? Oh, yeah, no. He might be in Rikers, or Rikers. he is in Rikers Island right now. So Paul Manafort... Wait, is he? Donald I can Tr- look that up. Yes, Literally. look it up. Donald Trump's former campaign manager, the man that they said was helping him communicate with Russia, who has been in prison for at least the last two months, had been transferred to Rikers Island. And they put him in solitary confinement. And AOC, Park Justice Bronx, what up, what up? Ocasio no, he's not Cortez. at Rikers yet, just he'll be, he'll be for clarification. There. Thank you. He'll be heading there soon. She says you should not put him in solitary confinement. I agree. Solitary confinement is inhumane and also put him in gen pop. Let him get all the smoke. Mm. I mean, and we'll talk about that more um, when they see us. It's still so front of mind for me. There was a part of the movie in the miniseries, actually, where someone was in um, solitary confinement and he did that for his own protection. So to yeah. it, he needed that option. So if we completely get rid of it, how are uh, people who are really victimized in, in prison going to protect themselves? Well, I mean, solitary confinement is still inhumane. Period. But so oh, come on, in. you just want to have him inside outside of solitary so that he's in the dorms with everybody else so he can, you know, get his clap back or whatever. Listen, I mean, I, and, I'm and not <laughs> condoning violence and I don't think, you know, listen, you, sh- you don't need solitary confinement. We have to talk about the bigger, the larger issue in this criminal, in this, in this mass incarceration system. There's a culture of violence that is created and perpetuated. Not just by the people who are behind bars, but mostly from the parole office, the, the CEOs, and the people there. So if we kill that culture of violence and we create spaces where people don't feel like they have to fight for their lives, then you can help to mitigate a lot of the bad things that happen in, in spaces like Rikers Island right now. And it shouldn't be a case that we're having this conversation because some average white man who stole millions of dollars is going to head there. But since he is going to head there, let him go to Gen Pop and let this white man see what time it really is. So maybe we'll get something done, like closing down Rikers. Just maybe. And on that note, I know that we do have to take a quick break. But, guys, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we're delving into the Netflix series, When They See Us. We want to know your thoughts and opinions on the series, as well as the Central Park Five. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard. Three-fifths of a man, I believe, is the phrase. I'm 50% of Doucet and it's dead free. Yeah, 100% of Ace of Spade, worth half a beat. Rock Nation, half of that, just my 
Yo, I miss Gucci Man. I gotta listen to his last Gucci Man. Gucci Man. Gucci Man. First that was Twenty One Savage. Is a no, I know Selena. Oh, okay. But like when the beat drop, you hit with the, with the burr. Like that part right there, that's Gucci Man. Like the fact they, that you inserted that ad lib made you think of Gucci. That's Mane? one of the greatest ad libs of all time. And yeah, okay, but OJ and Juice Man didn't really have a long career. But anyways, guys, we are back on. Let your voice be heard on ninety point three FM WHC, or the Voice of Harlem. If you are just tuning in, this is Stanley Prince. I'm here with Selena Hill and of course Alyssa Fuchs what, with what, the what? Pride Yankees fitted snapback cap on. Yeah, you yes, like that? That's it's a exclusive. Fitted and a snapback. They call that the white clap. Mm. <laughs> No, they don't. I just made that up, Selena. Let you me kill. Did. Let me kill. All right, guys. We've had a long conversation about the news stories and the things that happened throughout the week. And now it's time to be sad, which is why I shifted <laughs> gears with that 21 Savage song. And because I enjoy being happy, I'm going to throw the boat to Selena. Thank you for that, Stanley. Yeah, so Ava DuVernay's Netflix series, When They See Us, is causing a lot of us to revisit, actually the nation at that, a true story about an egregious miscarriage of justice. Now, the miniseries, which I watched myself, is about the story of Corey Wise, Antron McRae, Kevin Richardson, Youssef Salam, and Raymond Santana. Five teenagers of color who were wrongfully convicted of brutally raping and beating a 28-year-old white female investment banker in New York City's Central Park back in 1989. After hours of questioning without food, water, or legal advice, these five teens were coerced by police to give false confessions. Uh, and then they were convicted, despite the fact that there was no direct evidence tying them to the crime. As a result, they spent years in prison. But Corey Wise, who was 16 years old at the time of his trial, he was tried as an adult, and he received a sentence of 5 to 15 years in an adult maximum security facility where he was brutally attacked several times by grown adult men now dna evidence later exonerated the five boys and their convictions were vacated in 2012 after a serial rapist uh, confessed to raping the central park five um, so when they see us, the series is reigniting this outcry about how the case was handled in the first place, particularly by Linda Fairstein. She was the Manhattan sex crimes prosecutor who observed the teenagers in segregation, and she's been facing a mountain of backlash. I just want to correct one thing. Yes. They were actually exonerated in 2002, not 2012. Oops, sorry. Thank you for that, Alyssa. Um, as a result, uh, Linda Fairstein, she resigned from at least two nonprofit boards as the hashtag cancel Linda Fairstein movement continues to spread on social media. Uh, on today's episode of Let Your Voice Be Heard, we're going to talk about when they see us. Why people are actually opting not to see the uh, series, the Central Park Five case itself, and what has changed since the case. So I want to open up this conversation by asking you guys uh, on the panel and you guys, if you're watching via uh, Instagram or Facebook, did you see the series and what was your reaction? Stanley? Yeah, uh, I powered through the series yesterday. Okay. Um, Man. It was very, very hard to watch. Um, like, very, very hard to watch. And, you know, we know about the Central Park Five. Selena and I have covered this years ago when um, they first got won their lawsuit. Um, well, when Bill de Blasio became mayor and actually finally settled with them, we covered this and we had, I think we had um, one or two of them on either on the phone or in the studio. I don't remember now. So we were familiar with this. But then watching it and this Ava DuVern series was really difficult. Um, it reminds you of a lot of things. One, 
just you know like this could be any one of us that could have been me when i was a kid obviously it could have been any any like young black boy in the community two this is still happening every single day there there are there are thousands of antrons all over the country all across new york state right now who are being having things pinned on them um there was Khalif browder there was um Pedro Hernandez in the Bronx, who they accused him of murder, even though all the witnesses said that he did not do it. There, there are children, little boys and girls all over the country who are suffering from the system. And the final thing is just a re, like a reinforcement of just how crooked the entire mass incarceration system is and why I probably will keep on saying F the police until the day that I die. Because this is not a system that is here for black and brown kids. It's a system that is here to kill and punish black and brown kids. Stanley, you originally told us that you couldn't get through the trailer. Yeah. How can you really briefly, how hard was it for you to get through all four of these episodes? Oh, man, it was rough. I had to stop a couple of times. to. Um, I had some eye allergies. Is that enough? So I had to take care of those things. Eye allergies? Yeah. That's you know, what we're calling it. Yeah, it was days. raining on my face. So, um, you know, I had to stop for that. It was really hard to watch, but I wanted to make sure that if I came on the show today and we talked about it, that I did it. And then also on Friday, <laughs> this is actually what did it. On Friday, um, I went to my friend's school where she works at to do career day. And I was talking to fifth, sixth, seventh, and eighth graders. And they all watched it. Mm. And they were all asking me about it and like what I should do. And I remember there was one little girl there who she was like, you know, you should become president and then like do something about this because you inspire me, which is like the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. And then I said to her, well, I don't need to be president because someday you can run and I can I can run your campaign for you and you can win. And she got this big smile on her face and she goes, I would help them if I did that. And I was like, all right, so now I got to watch it because these kids and this little girl. So that's why I watched it. Alyssa, I know we're getting some comments on Facebook. Uh, we are. We are. I'll, I'll give you those comments in a second. I just wanted to say, you know, I actually haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I really want to watch it. Um, obviously, this is the kind of thing that's extremely difficult for a lot of people, as Stanley pointed out. And, and definitely that is the case for me as well. I do this kind of work every day. I represent people who have been falsely arrested, wrongfully incarcerated. Um, you know, the this is a big, high-profile case. Um, but and, and we can talk more about this later on during the segment. What gets lost in the shovel is that every day... Innocent New Yorkers are in prison for crimes that they didn't commit. And generally speaking, their cases do not get the kind of media attention uh, that this case got for whatever reason. And so for me, it can make it very, very difficult for me to literally represent people every single day fighting against the government to try and get them compensated for the wrongs that have been done to them and then come home and try and sit down and watch this kind of thing. So I do plan on trying to watch this documentary, but at least right now, I think the most important thing for me is that to focus on the cases that I'm working on specifically um, because you know that's how I want to channel my energy to try to fight these injustices um, now getting to the comments Antoinette J. Gregg says it was a super tough to watch I had to watch it in pieces even though I had seen the documentary and I know the story Kleana says she hasn't watched it yet um, hold on I'm trying to give you some more comments um, and Facebook is playing with me. Um, Don L says, yes, very emotional. Living in New York City where you have stop and frisk and broken windows policing. Um, systematic problems that still occur and could happen today. I completely agree with that and want to discuss that later on during the segment. And Antoinette also says, it could have been any of the 30 to 40 boys that were in the park that night. Those five just got the short end of the stick. And then she says uh, something I cannot explicitly say on the air, but FTP. At the police because I'm straight from the underground. 
Um, yeah, and, and I just wanted to add on that Victoria James, shout out to Vicky. She added, it's sad, very emotional. First off, Trump wanted the death penalty for them, and this is who our president is today. The system has not changed. Look at Khalif Broder, Chanel Lewis, and a number of others. And I wanted to bring that up because that's literally what I was feeling um, while I was watching it. It was extremely triggering, very emotional. I had to pause it as well, take a couple deep breaths, and it just reminded me of what this system does particularly to black and brown boys women as well but this was focused on black and brown boys growing up in an urban neighborhood um and and yeah like like we said things haven't changed much you can also think of other black men who were who were shot down without even getting a trial i mean tamir rice philando castile terrence crutcher again these these young black men didn't even make it to the trial yeah um, because they were shot. So so that and I want to also talk about public reaction, because a lot of us opted not to see this. Many people of color are saying, you know, I, I lived it. You know, I was old enough when that trial happened. So I, I, I lived out the events in real time. Other people are saying like Alyssa. It's too triggering. It's too heavily involved in the work that I do. However, it's so funny. Uh, a friend of mine texted me and said he it, it's kind of. Not courageous for some of us to take that stance, Stanley. To not what do you, watch it. Yeah. What do you? What do you? What do you say to that? That's. I think that's. You. You can't. So there's a saying that I say. You can't yuck someone's yum. You don't know what people are going through. You don't know what kind of trauma they've had in their lives. Where maybe watching something like that might re-traumatize them. You don't know what's happening in people's lives. I wasn't gonna watch this, and I'm not courageous. My entire career is built off of fighting for racial justice and black liberation. So if I didn't watch this, it you know, that wasn't mean I'm not courageous. And even if I wasn't doing any work around this issue, it would still not be courageous. We all had to take care of ourselves in a way that we can, especially as black and brown people. This world is beating the crap out of us already. We don't need to help it. So, no, I, I totally disagree with that statement. I mean, look, I think that there's an importance to bearing witness to certain things and events. Um, But, you know, bearing witness doesn't necessarily mean watching a documentary, um, you know, that like um, that was a a great documentary from what I understand. And and that, like I said, I intend to watch at some point, um, but was, you know, nonetheless, a made for Netflix documentary. Like in some ways, if you're going to be like, I cannot bear witness to this through this medium, um, then I still think that you should. Yes, to do self-care, um, but take, you know, there's other ways to bear witness to these kind of things. And there's other way to get involved and to fight for uh, social justice and criminal justice reform um, if with this as your backdrop. Like if this is your motivating factor to do the work and put the work in, then I don't necessarily think that means you actually have to go out and watch the documentary. Yeah, just really quickly, you know, black trauma is very real. A lot of us don't need to watch it on a screen and when we live it every single day. And not only that, uh, before we go to break, Victoria James said, raise Raising a son in this world is beyond terrifying. Vicky, I 100% agree. And you have a son. I don't. And I think about that all the time. We're going to have to go on break. But real quick before we do, Antoinette says, I don't believe that black folks have to watch this. I think white folks need to watch it to make their family and their friends watch it. And I think that's 100% accurate. This is a documentary that white people need to see to understand why these things happen. With his brains blown out 
Back. This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. Shout out to all of our podcast listeners who are listening via Spotify, iHeart, iTunes, and Stitcher. We're getting a lot of comments coming in on our Facebook Live in real time. A lot of us are saying as black and Latinx folks, we feel scared to death for our unborn children or the children that we have, no matter how innocent they have. Uh, how innocent they may be that's a comment we i just read from robert um i wanted to shift gears a little bit because one of the central figures in when they see us is linda fairstein um i was somebody who's been very familiar with the central park five uh beforehand um we covered the case in 2014 but i wasn't as familiar with linda fairstein and her role again she was the former new york city sex crimes prosecutor um and she has since resigned from a couple of honorary positions on on the board of directors she's also a best-selling novelist um and she also has not backed down from her claim that five teenagers were somehow linked to the brutal rape of the central park five if you guys watched when they see us as i did it the story really unfolded around her and her narrative and the fact that she kept pushing and 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 like making up testimonies or or like making up evidence and data and just really trying to pin it on these five boys even after Reyes admitted himself that he did it alone, he was like, no, I just think he was the sixth person and one got away. And she seems completely unregretful. And, you know, ever since when they see us came out and now we know Linda Fairstein, who is still alive, um, she she's 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 been canceled. She's been stepped down. But, you know, a lot of people saying more needs to be done. I know our, our friend of a show, Tamika Mallory, is calling for every sex case that she's ever prosecuted to be reopened. Um, so, so I want to talk about that, Stanley, with you in particular, because um, you're also very familiar with Linda Fairstein. Why does she need to be canceled? And, and what do you think needs to be done or can be done moving forward? I don't care about Linda Fairstein. She's just another white woman who's benefiting from white supremacy and doesn't see the humanity in black people. It's not a surprise. I care about what makes Linda Fairstein, which is the system of racism and a mass incarceration system that was built to criminalize and destroy the lives of black and brown people. There will always be a Linda Fairstein. There are some black Linda Fairsteins right now in the Bronx, if you want to ask me the real questions about it. We have to find a way to tackle this so that there are no more kids or no more people, period, who are dying in this system. And we got to get to a point where we can have a conversation about this mass incarceration system and ask ourselves, are jails and prisons really the things that we need? Because how many people are sitting inside of these these cages for no reason, going through inhuman experiences because somebody had an agenda, whether political or quote-unquote criminal? Stanley, I'm glad you brought that up because I've actually heard some pushback, some criticism on the other side where people are saying Linda Fairstein is a scapegoat. The issue is systematic. She was just doing her job and doing no, it no, no, well. No, 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 no. Linda Fairstein um, is a garbage well, white woman. Well, I, I want to throw it to Alyssa, who I mean, works in the legal system, to yeah. say, like, I mean, wasn't she just doing what prosecutors do? I mean, yeah, prosecutors prosecute. But, you know, here's the thing. I don't think it's fair to say, like, oh, she was just a scapegoat and that it's the bigger systematic issues or that, like, she was, you know, did something wrong. Look, 
Yes, there are big systematic issues that need to be dealt with. And yes, those systematic issues definitely played a role in this prosecution. Um, And yes, Linda Fairstein was a prosecutor. But Linda Fairstein also made decisions. So like you can't, it's not either or, and it's not mutually exclusive. You can say, yes, let's blame the systematic problems. And we absolutely should. And we should continue today to focus on how to fix those systematic issues. But you should also look at some of the things that Linda Fairstein did um, throughout the prosecution. Like, for example... There was um, an allegation by Youssef's mother that when Youssef's mother went there to speak to her about the situation and about the case and was like hyperventilating because her son was being charged with a really uh, serious crime, she asked Linda Fairstein for some water and Linda told her supposedly there's no water in the building as if like all the water that was at you know criminal court in the DA's office that day was shut down. Um, you know, so like it, it's one of those things where you have to look at it and say, yes, there are systemic issues, but also this is a woman who made choices and you know some prosecutors want to do justice and there's other prosecutors that want to win at all costs and it seems to me based on my review of what happened here like Linda wanted to win at all costs and then ended up going on to have this kind of successful career where she's been you know writing crime novels she's been on the New York Times bestseller list 16 times she serves on all these boards Um, she publishes all these books like she went on to have this great life while five innocent men sat in prison even when she was confronted with evidence back then that seemed to indicate that there might not be proof beyond a reasonable doubt and that she maybe she should look into things further before it put she put this case in front of a jury um you know like she ignored that kind of evidence so like we can't just discount it and be like oh well you know it's just all the system i just want to say that what I'm hoping is that everyone who is part of the cancel Linda Fairstein movement, why don't we take that energy and actually look to tackle the issue of um, prosecutorial um, immunity? Uh, well, yeah. Well, it, and, and, and listen, I want to just, you know, really quickly, the fact that prosecutors can have immunity even when it looks like they they falsified evidence or coerced witnesses. Shouldn't they be held accountable? I mean, yes, they should. Unfortunately, however, they are not held accountable because there's a Supreme Court case that says you cannot sue prosecutors for misconduct, period. Prosecutors have absolute immunity when they are acting in their prosecutorial capacity. Now, there are two minor exceptions to that rule. Number one, if a prosecutor is acting in an investigatory capacity, meaning they're acting like a police officer in conducting an investigation, then there is some workaround where you could get around the absolute immunity. And there's also a theory in which you can sue prosecutors where you argue that there's a policy and practice of failing to discipline in their office, and that's why misconduct is committed. But those two things aside... It is basically impossible to sue prosecutors for committing misconduct. And and I just want to say, like, if your doctor makes a mistake and you live your life or the next five or 15 years of your life in pain or, you you know, disabled, they don't have that same type of immunity. You know, and and, and no one does. No, they weren't. No one can make egregious mistakes and, and, and falsify things to the level of a prosecutor who literally has the power to imprison people. You know, and, and just on that note, you know, we obviously see this as an egregious mistake. There was an egregious mistake made. As you know, somebody came forward and confessed and there was DNA that corroborated the confession. And yet Linda Farstein, um, rather than going to a major news publication like the New York Times, 
times, like the Daily News, like the New York Post, or any other major news uh, organization, to defend herself, Linda Fairstein wrote an op-ed in the New York Law Journal, which is an, uh, a place that is pretty much only able to be accessed by lawyers if they have a subscription to it, and she defends the prosecution. She says that um, instead of addressing the new evidence, they took ad, they took ad hominem attacks on me. She claims that the confessions were not coerced. Uh, she says that um, all of the clients were questioned in the presence of at least one of their parents. Um, she claims that the questioning was respectful, dignified, and carried out according to the letter of the law, quote, unquote. Um, she said that there was um, videos of, you know, these men saying that they were participating in riots and rampages uh, that night. Um, she claims that the documentary and the um, Ava DuVernay, uh, the, the original documentary and the Ava DuVernay movie are inaccurate and they falsely paint her as a villain. And she then tells everybody that um, she hopes that the readers, meaning specifically lawyers, because obviously she knows who our audience is, um, will go look at all the stuff that's being released. She says there are hundreds of transcripts, pages of transcripts made public for the first time, 96 depositions of witnesses, um, and that people should keep an open mind and actually go look at the evidence of the case, um, which probably is the only part of her article I agree with. Um, I think there was egregious misconduct committed. I think yeah. she definitely right. is trying to shield herself. And, you know, the only thing I would agree with is, yeah, we should all go look at all the evidence because I think that would benefit everybody. Stanley? Yeah, I just thought, like, as you were saying that, Alyssa, Don L. put a comment saying that he found it ironic that the mayor and the NYPD apologized for Stonewall, but they haven't apologized for this. Actually, the NYPD in 2002 put out a report doubling down on on the, on the story saying that that's, that the Central Park Five did it, and not only did they do that, then as Bloom, Mayor Bloomberg was mayor, they went ten years refusing to settle with the Central Park Five. Listen, Linda Fairstein is trash, but this whole system is garbage, and white supremacy is the is the, is the main culprit. You have to topple white supremacy because if you don't this is still going to keep happening no and, and that's an excellent point and, and you know speaking of double down donald trump who took out an eighty-five thousand dollar ad in newspapers calling for the death penalty so that these boys would be killed he's doubled down himself too and said the city should have never gave them that 41 million dollar settlement yeah. so you, you know to, to your point, Stanley. Racist gonna race. Yes. You know, white supremacy is a system that outlasts these individuals. And for some reason, like, you know, they won't change their heart and minds, even when the evidence is clear. Uh, that being said, we're going to start to wrap this conversation up. But what needs to be done to bring change to the criminal justice system today? Alyssa? <laughs> so many things. Um, I mean, look, I think that's the most important thing we should take away from all of this is sort of ending where I started, which is these five men were railroaded. These five men spent a long time in prison. These five men were exonerated and eventually compensated for what happened to them. However, these five men are indicative of a system that literally every day locks up black and brown men for doing absolutely nothing wrong. And whether that is for 24 hours or 24 years, the system continues to do it over and over and over again. And that while this is important that we focus on this. We cannot forget that every day in New York City, people are arrested for so-called quote unquote broken windows offenses, minor offenses that harm no one um, and that they in many cases have not even committed because police officers want to get overtime, because police officers want to make an arrest because it helps them to get promoted, because we have a system where police officers are, and prosecutors are not held accountable for their actions, where we have a system where bail is set on people for minor offenses and they 
languish in jail, although we're trying to change that. We have a system where we do not open up the discovery files and let criminal defense attorneys know anything about the cases and where people are forced into giving false confessions, making false identifications and taking plea bargains for crimes they did not commit in order to avoid staying in jail for longer periods of time. And until we deal with those issues, um, until we fix the real systemic problems, then, you know, these this is just going to be one story that continues to repeat itself over and over and over again. Stanley, before you give your closing, I want to point out that Robert left a comment on our Facebook Live saying we need more of our own in the system and to take over and we need to take positions that will give us give us back our power. Stanley, do you stand with this that we just need to hire more black and brown folks in the system or do you stand with some who say, you know what, the jail system needs to be totally um, get, got eliminated, completely eliminated? What do you say, Stanley? It doesn't matter if you have black and brown people in the justice, in the, in the, in the mass incarceration system, if they don't have the right kind of racial and political lens. Like I said before, it was a black district judge who put Khalif Rauder in solitary confinement and kept and helped keep him in jail for no reason. And that was Darcel Clark. And now she's a district attorney in the Bronx, the same place where they kept the young man Pedro Hernandez in jail for a year for an attempted murder charge that everyone who was there to witness said had nothing to do with him. So it doesn't necessarily address the issue. I think the real thing that needs to happen is that we need to destroy this entire mass incarceration system. It, that, is, that is the problem. And that's a long-term fight, and I understand that. And if you want to be involved in the short-term level, then one of the things that we can do is right now there is a bill going up for, um, at the state legislature where they are pushing to make all broken windows, nonviolent crimes be crimes of citation. So what that means is like public drunkenness, um, this quote-unquote disturbing the peace, like some of those minor crimes that police go after you for for broken windows, those would now get, you would now get citations for those. You would not be arrested and thrown in jail for those crimes. Those are one of the things you can do. You can also, if you live in New York State, call your state senator or your state assembly person and thank them for voting to support the bail bill because now all misdemeanor crimes, you, can't, you cannot be thrown in jail for a misdemeanor crime anymore starting January 1st, 2020, which means that at least 30% of the population of Rikers Island is going to go home, and an even larger population in other parts of the state is going to go home as well because they're sitting in jails because they can't afford their bail and for a misdemeanor crime. And that can help to reduce the number of people who are sitting in jails who the, the injustice system can then go and squeeze the crimes they didn't commit. Thank you for that, Stanley. And as we're wrapping up, we are getting a load of comments coming in. Thank you so much to everyone who's been chiming in on our Facebook Live. I want to just say uh, Antoinette J. Gregg left a great comment as well, saying the same way that regular citizens can get criminal charges for collusion, so should prosecutors, police, etc. Holding these people accountable can uh, pare down on corruption because they will also be criminal ramifications, also threatening uh, their pensions and livelihoods of the folks who know about this corrupt behavior will get folks to come forward when they know um, when they know planting and contriving evidence is present. I 100% agree with that. I also stand with Stanley about how it's not individual people. It's a system itself which was designed and created to incarcerate black and brown people. Um, and it really just, it, it, it seeps down. It's rooted also in capitalism. It's rooted in lack of education, lack of jobs, lack of ex access and lack of equality. I mean, those are the largest systemic issues that all need to be addressed in order for us to have true justice in this country. And I want to say that this crime story which I commend Ava DuVernay for uh, retelling in, in 
2019 is a crime that should never be forgotten. If we don't examine this in intimate detail, we are bound to repeat it again and again and again. And that's why we must continue to educate ourselves, stay informed to become empowered. On that note, I want to thank everyone who listened today. And let your voice be heard. Everyone who left a comment on Facebook or who is going to share this podcast on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And guys, remember, if you support us on Patreon.com by leaving a small donation, then we can continue to support the issues and the causes that you care about most. Again, that's Patreon.com slash Radio. We'll see you next Sunday. <laughs>